Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the 12th episode of One for One. 12, 12, 12. That's the Jerome McGinley, the, the number of one lovely Jerome McGinley, which is a call forward to later on in this episode today. Miles, how are you? Well, God, this is already off to a terrible start. I'm Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Miles, how are you today? I'm very good, Nolan. Having a nice little Sunday. Got to see the first Formula One race of the year. Uh, so Lewis Hamilton winning the race. Uh, for those wondering, I've been a big F1 fan for uh, today is my one week anniversary. Seven days of being absolutely immersed in the sport and was treated to a fantastic race today. Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton were racing. Um, some of the some of the most exciting things you can see on TV is a hell of a race today. You an F one guy, Nolan? Uh, I'm not. I my dad. I'm kind of scarred from just like driving in general, like 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 driving competitions in general because my dad was a big NASCAR guy while I was growing up, and I remember walking into the room when Dale Earnhardt died, and like you want to see grown man tears. My dad was fucked. Like traumatized and i will forever remember that till the day i die is my dad watching dale earnhardt die in front of him so i'm like um driving competitions not for me hey i get that man um i went to a nascar race last year with a few of the with the debate boys in arizona um in in phoenix and kind of got into nascar a little bit last year but ever since i started watching drive to survive i got a couple friends that are big nascar guys one of which We'll be talking to a little bit later. It's a it's a little foreshadowing, uh, but they kind of got me into it. And yeah, weekend, love it. Couldn't be more into it. I'd say F one is like MMA and NASCAR is like WWE. It's just like a little bit more <laughs> European. It's a it's a it's a little espresso mug. <laughs> you're saying you're you're saying that F one is uh is the uh is like the is like the good fellas to to nascar's fucking transformers the only movie i've ever seen is ratatouille so i don't know that's the only film i've seen you've never seen Goodfellas, at least i've, I've seen ratatouille and shrek okay cool well, we're, well, we're gonna get into a top five movie list later so that's okay <laughs> so nolan what we got planned for the folks at home today we are gonna do some quick oiler stuff we're gonna talk about the games that never were We'll talk about last night's game against the Loafs. We'll do a couple Oilers points, some prospects uh, updates. And then we're going to move into uh, an exciting uh, little interview that we're going to have on One for One. After absolutely decimating his character last week, Nolan gets a chance (laughs) to defend himself against Flames fan Kyle, who is in the room with me. He's going to be jumping in for... He's uh, in the green room. He's in the green room. He's prepping. (laughs) He'll be jumping in for an interview, and he'll be joining us for a mailbag that we posted on Instagram yesterday that got a lot of responses to it. I think we got like nine or ten questions that are good that we're going to have to go through, so we're looking forward to that. Um, We'll talk about a little bit of NHL stuff, preview next week's games, and then get the heck out of here and enjoy the rest of our Sunday. How does that sound? It sounds great. I actually kind of just wanted to start off by uh, saying... 
just before we started recording, uh, got the notification that in the Stars Panthers game, Aaron Ekblad was taken off on a stretcher after Ooh. collision with Essel and Dell. So just wanted to give our shouts out to Aaron Ekblad because uh, we are an official Aaron Ekblad podcast. I think we're actually quite a few. There were probably like 25 players, like sort of sponsored podcast. So um, just Aaron Ekblad's one of the top five because uh, not only is he sick, but he's also hot. So um, <laughs> yeah, shouts out to Aaron Ekblad. Hope you're okay, buddy. We love you. Love Aaron Eckblad. Big Aaron Eckblad, guys. Huge, huge guys. Um, yeah, I'm glad you brought it up because the, <laughs> this game was, or this week was supposed to be a <laughs> really eventful. And uh, spoiler alert, it wasn't. On Monday, uh, Monday night, we ended up getting, uh, we ended up getting the update that the three games against the Habs were canceled uh, due to COVID protocols after both. Uh, I believe it was Jesperi Kotkaniemi and I want to say Yoel Armia were uh, tested, co- or tested or well, at least one of them tested positive for COVID. In addition to that, we were going to have Tyler Toffoli out, which would have been nice as well. Um, I was quite looking forward to these games, and then unfortunately it just did not turn out in our favor. But nonetheless... Uh, yeah, it's, it sucks. I really wanted to see, I really wanted to see them play the Habs. It'd just be a nice little sort of test to go against what's currently the fourth seed in this division. So it's disappointing, but they did get back to playing last night and we'll get to that. Did you have any last thoughts on the cancellations of the Habs team? Just makes me sad that we couldn't get to play against Montreal. Like you said, measuring stick game, kind of having them as a as a four seed, but also I think they've only played the Oilers three times this year, which is a, like by far the smallest sample size of any team in the North Division. So, yeah, I don't know. They seem to always have COVID or something. Like, wasn't the last game in Montreal? Uh, yes, Sepoli RV had a COVID scare and couldn't play, and then the Oilers ended up giving them their lunch three nothing or something like that it's the Finns, man the Finns are doing this it's yes Yarvi, yol armia and yes barry stay in the sauna and <laughs> stop getting covid isn't that what Finns are supposed to do like, relax getting tired of it that's all i have to say nolan but i under miles My- did write that th- that that i was gonna tee him up to make this joke but <laughs> do you want him to make the joke no you can make it well, I, I, I feel bad saying it, but uh, Miles thinks that they couldn't stay away from the Peelers, and that was the reason why they got COVID. Yeah, um, We're assuming, of course. Uh, uh, absolute speculation. But just It makes sense. You know, what's that street in Montreal that all that stuff's on? All that. I was, I've, I've been to Montreal, I think, twice, and one time was to drive through, <laughs> and then the other time was to go see Radiohead, <laughs> and that was it. Was and only... other than that, I, I have not been back to Montreal. Throw in visiting uh, Beatrice Bouchard, and those are only three actual reasons to go to Montreal. On a side note, how is her whole family with the last name Bouchard, they're from Montreal, and they sound like they're from fucking Vaughan, Ontario? <laughs> relax <laughs> all you can think about is sir evan i miss i need evan to play in the lineup but nolan um father pickmas was kind of right um three and one i predicted the loss <laughs> <laughs> i understand you're not you're not taking these dubs <laughs> i'm gonna whatever man stolen dub valor um i understand you weren't uh, able to watch yesterday's game no, I was at a campfire. Taylor. A campfire. <laughs> yeah. So 
were you able to catch up? Did you how did how did you scratch so, the edge? Uh, so I'll give you a play by play of how I watched it. Uh, so I basically watched it by refreshing the NHL app every five minutes just to see if there's a difference in the score slash also you texting me until I think you kind of gave up after like the second goal of the game. My <laughs> and, phone died. New phone, and then, who does? And then, um, uh, and then I watched the last probably three minutes or so of the game of the third period, then going into overtime. So I basically caught when William Nylander tied the game up and I got immediately very upset and I was at a fire with, uh, with, with Leaf fans, which was not fun. We were socially distanced, of course. And then I watched the overtime period and obviously saw that the Leafs won, which was not ideal. And then pretty much after that, I hadn't watched anything until just before we started recording and we did our note taking, I was going to watch like the nine minute highlight package of the game, which I saw William Loggison make an egregious turnover, which was a nearly easy goal for, the, uh, for the Leafs. So um glad to see that uh, the Loggison Larson pairing is still up in top, top pairing shape. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, and, and then uh, I realized that the video quality was going down to 480p. So I went to go put it to uh, 1080p at 60 frames per second. And then my fucking computer decided it was going to slow down and not work. So then I gave up. So I haven't seen anything else since. Okay. Well, I'll give you my cliff notes then. Uh, bad, bad, bad first period. Outshot, outplayed. It was shit to see. Uh, the Leafs first goal was actual shit. Have you, did you see the first goal? Um, it was like I did a, see the first goal. It was like a fake punch. The intent to punch the puck into the net was 100% there. Didn't actually touch it. Bounced off Smith's head, went into the net. Uh, away she goes. That's just bad puck luck. Sucks, but is what it is. Um, and then McDavid and Dreisaitl, the no-look feed across the slot to Dreisaitl just was stupid. dirty. Dirty, dirty. Yeah. Um, nurse comes back. Norris Nurse comes back and scores one. And then... Um, Dreisaitl feeds one out to Barry, who pops it into that the net. That pass from Dry was was beautiful. unbelievable. Yeah, um, very very nice. I'm gonna say very nice one it's, for one. It, uh, bingo. It's a very it's a very positive looking pass. Yes, but very nice that Tyson Barry was able to bury one against the oh, Leafs. Oh, <laughs> we got Gene Principe here. <laughs> um, I just like that Tyson Barry can get that monkey off his back of of all the shit that he had to go through in Toronto Looks off like his he's chest off his chest off his back <laughs> <laughs> that's a callback to a previous episode that's a callback it is I'm spending too much time with Nolan I'm picking up his lingo um like you said though Leafs get back into it 3-3 that overtime goal was absolute oh, ass man that made me so and sad that shit that shit-eating grin from Matthews, too. Like, oh, that's what I planned for like yeah. oh yeah you wanted to go off a stick yeah. and then off nurse's foot and then in the net over overtime is in our fucking Q zone. Yeah, We're sp- overtime was... is the Oilers' Q zone. They should be nailing that, dude. They should be flying fucking Jeff Crispin from Indiana and winning those games. Like, I have no idea how they lost an OT. Mixing game. it professionally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I saw I saw the OT goal, and a- after I saw it, like at the campfire, I immediately wanted to throw my phone in the fire. So I just I just turned it off and. Of course, it had to be Austin Matthews that scored. And, of course, then it had to be the talk of, oh, Austin Matthews is scoring more important goals. And then I saw this. There's the there's this account on Twitter that just drives me nuts. And he's like, 
I think he does it probably just to like troll Oilers fans most likely, but he's also just really annoying. Uh, I think it's like account for hockey is his name or whatever. And it's just like, he, he keeps on trying to drop like these hot takes as if he's like thinking outside the box. And he's like, Oh, Connor McDavid is a stat patter and Austin Matthews actually scores the big goals. And it's like, dude, fuck right off. Like, Austin Matthews literally wishes he could hold McDavid's jockstrap. Like, get the hell out of here with that. Like, I'm sorry, but McDavid is so far above and beyond everybody else that, yeah, they lost the game, but they're also coming off of, what, like, four straight wins? Like, get the hell out of here. Yeah, but did you see Matthew's deck? Did you, did you see that it had the Toronto skyline on it, dude? It's so, so, so sick. Like, every, everyone yeah, was talking about it, man. It was so dope. Dude, those... Those fucking skates that he has are so ugly. I'm sorry. Like those, like those personalized ones that he got, and then people were like bar down with sharing like like fire emojis and like it's just a Toronto skyline, and then his name on it. Like that's not cool. It's not like we're talking about skate designs. Like they're freaking sneakers, and it's like it's it's not even comparable. Like don't try and give me some. Oh, this is like. The this is the hockey version of the Kyrie's. It has it, absolutely not like the like the Kyrie is actually like a sick shoe, and the Austin Matthews skates are just like uh, it's the equivalent of 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 putting of putting SS stripes on your on your uh, Chevy uh, Cavalier. <laughs> yeah, skate, skates are skates are skates and sneakers are sneakers, and I don't think that there's really a big comparison between the two and. Whatever, whatever Dior God Austin Matthews wants to do, Toronto Sports Network is gonna lick it up. So, I guess we just, I just, we, I guess we just gotta get used to it until he flies south for the winter and goes and plays in Phoenix. Looking forward to that when he's in the uh, Kashina jersey. Yes, sir. Nolan, moving on to our Oilers notes. Um, I'll t- I'll throw it up and you can you can dump it down because I think a few of these are some of your points here. Um, Let's start with uh, shouts out to Michael Kesserling, Oilers prospect. What did you want to say there? This so uh, I sent you a screenshot of when he signed, and uh, a lot of like a lot of Oilers media has really sort of pumped his tires. Scott Hassan, before he left to the AHL, uh, who uh, sorry is now the commissioner of the AHL, uh, had had mentioned that he was probably the he he was the prospect where everybody was kind of asking him like who do you think is the one guy that people aren't talking about but should be talking about more and this is the guy um he was drafted in the sixth round in 2018 and the, the the cool thing about him is his size like how much he's grown over the years i want to say when he was drafted he was like six foot two and now he's like upwards of six five Holy and he can shit. skate he can skate like a motherfucker and um, he's developed his offensive game. Now he ha- he had eight points in twenty games with Northeastern this year, and they and he played on a pretty talented blue line. Um, the Habs prospect Jordan Harris was like the power play quarterback, and Jordan Harris is one of the better prospects in the NHL. Uh, so I, I I think I think what Michael Kesselring is um, I, th- I think like his like boomer bust potential is quite large, but at the, at the end of the day. He was a sixth round pick, and even if you get a top six defenseman out of this, he doesn't even have to be like a world beater. Um, then it's a success. But I, it's, to be completely honest, like if 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 Michael Kesselring hits, this could very well be the Oilers' version of like a Colton Pareko. Um, I don't look at his production with um, 
you know, with too much negativity because I think about a guy like uh, John Marino, who unfortunately was an Oilers draft pick and then left for Pittsburgh. But like when he was coming into the NHL, the Oilers let him go because they were because they were well, sorry, they traded him because they were pretty much like, well, his production isn't where it realistically should be for a college player, but he was playing behind Adam Fox and we all know how Adam Fox is playing in the NHL right now. He's a monster. So I'm really excited about Michael Kesselring and yeah, I, I'm that like that Condors team, man, if everybody is all playing on that team, they're going to be a wagon. Like you think about it, you're going to have Philip Broberg eventually coming over with like Michael Kesselring, you're going to have Philip Kemp, who was playing with uh, Raphael Lavoie in Vaspi in the Elsvenskan League. Th- well, Kemp and um, Kemp and Lavoie are now in California. They can play with Bakersfield like right away. So the the like obviously we didn't really talk about this before, but obviously uh, Bakersfield went on that crazy winning streak. They've been a little bit cold over the last three or four games, and I think they might make some lineup decisions, but. That that team could be an absolute killer in the AHL. Yeah, Cooper, Benson, Skinner, like the um, the workhorses on that team are showing up, and they're oh, playing yeah. really McLeod well. McLeod so, has been really good too. Yeah, McLeod's been very good. So it's cool to see that. It's very cool to see that uh, that Condors team succeeding in the AHL, and um, you see it quite frequently when the AHL teams for various teams kind of go on a run. It's you know, kind of the natural progression that the that the big clubs start to pick up a little bit, um, get some of that talent and get some of those, those those players. So, you know, knock on wood, that's something that we'll be experiencing soon here. Um, speaking of college prospects, Nolan, bad news. Our no. boy, Di- our boy Dylan Holloway, likely broke his thumb. Uh, absolutely gutty though that he was able to play two more games in the NCAA tournament with that injury. What kind of gave it away was him moving from center to winger. Um, but all reports are kind of showing that he's getting x-rays and that it is likely a broken thumb. So that fucks up our projections for playoff rostering. Um, likely going to be missing, say, about two months with a broken thumb. So probably not going to be seeing Dylan Holloway this season. Yeah, it sucks to see. At, at the same time, this could very well be a blessing in disguise for all we know. If he is out for the rest of the season and... We have to wait until next year to see him. Well, that's a year that like that that's an extra year on his ELC, like we kind of talked about in last week's episode. So, I'm I'm it's it's it sucks to see, and it it, it explains a lot because a lot of people were kind of questioning why his production was so far down while Cole Caulfield well was still um, absolutely decimating the NCAA. Also, by the way, Cole Caulfield shout out uh, signed with the Habs today or signed with the Habs yesterday, I think. Good for Cole Caulfield. Shouts out to him. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, no, I want to see. Uh, I want to see Dylan Holloway play, but I want to see him get healthy first. Do not rush him back, for the love of God. Do not rush him back. For sure. Interesting little tidbit that I saw on Reddit: Mike Smith is leading the North Division goalies, uh, excluding last night's numbers, um, for a minimum of ten games played, which is is cool, is nice, is awesome, is great. Um, but when you look at the North Division as a whole, it's pretty impressive just given how some of the big fish of goalies in that division like are there. Like a Hellbuck, um, De- like Demko has that uh, game burner ability. Carey Price is a renowned NHL goaltender. He can always throw on a, a, a little show as well, right? 
especially if the guys are playing okay in front of them. So a lot of big fish in that in that North Division. And to see Michael Smith, 38, 39-year-old Michael Smith, kids with long-ass hair leading is something that makes my heart happy. I wanted to throw this out there. Could you imagine if Mike Smith gets invited to Team Canada orientation camp? There's no... Like, as a third goalie? Like... <laughs> Dude, okay, think about it, like, honestly, think about this logically, okay? Are you? Canadian Canadian <laughs> goalies. Who the fuck are they going to pick? Canada has nothing right now. Um, like, Canada, like, their fucking, their best goalie is Carey Price, and he's been terrible this year. Oh, uh, dude, it's going to be, like, Bennington or Hart. Yeah, or like exactly. Or, like, Guys that are all not yeah, playing I... very good. Like we, we could end up. It could end up being like an old heads unite. It'll end up being like Flurry and Mike Smith, and like they're gonna call up like Martin Brodeur from an Enterprise commercial and be like, "Hey man, let's go play." <laughs> Top in, brother. No, that's uh, that's <laughs> nice uh, beards, boys. <laughs> that's actually really scary to think about because like the U.S. is gonna be insane. They're gonna have Demko and Hellbuck. Like that's a dirty tandem. Russia's going to have uh, Vasilevsky, which is crazy. Finland, I don't know about Finland, but Sweden's going to have Markstrom. Like, Canada's kind of fucked when it comes to goalies. We're not going to work it. Dude, we're Finland's going to have Kevin Lankinen. Yeah, Kevin Lankinen. My, my favorite team, the Blackhawks, coming through, well represented. Um, yeah, man, Canada's goaltending situation. If Mike Smith gets invited to Team Canada's goaltending camp, watch the internet. Like, you think Kim Kardashian <laughs> explode? You think Kim Kardashian's picture broke the internet? Mike Smith <laughs> in a Team Canada jersey is gonna fucking be a nuclear bomb on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of nuclear bombs or a potential nuclear bomb, uh, there's been rumors about Luke. There's been rumors about Luke Glendening. Potentially being on the trade, like uh, sightings of Ken Holland. Of Ken Holland, I know, dude. That's so bad news, Bears. I so okay. So if we're looking at positives, he's so okay. So first off, I guess we should just get the negatives out of the way. He uh, like analytically speaking, he's a pretty god awful player. He's got terrible. He's got terrible underlying numbers. He has nine points in 33 games. Awful. Terrible. Um, and then I, some, somebody said, oh, uh, uh, and he's like the lead penalty killer on the Detroit Red Wings. And I'm like, oh. 31st how's the, how's... in the league in penalty yeah, kill percentage. exactly. <laughs> in penalty kill. Uh, po- uh, in, in a positive light, he, he's 65% in the circle, which is f- pretty remarkable. Like, that's an insane number. So what, are, uh, is he going to be like the goon? Where, like, you know, in the movie where they just put him out to fight, but instead it's Luke Glendening and he goes out to win offensive draws, and they're like, okay, come to the bench, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> exactly. But now you have to hope that his wheels can actually keep up with him, that he can actually get over to the bench that quickly. But 65% in the circle, he isn't on an expiring deal. I think he's 1.8 for the rest of the year, which, holy shit, Ken Holland, like, I think he signed like a five-year deal when he signed it. Like, yikes! Why would you do what? Don't sign fourth liners to deals longer than like two years. Stop making adults think that they're stars. <laughs> Stop scamming adults. Stop scamming fourth liners into thinking they're valuable pieces to the team. 
Oh my god. That was really mean. We love fourth liners. But didn't Ken Holland learn anything last year? Like chasing your nepotism from Detroit with uh Andreas Anathanasu didn't really work out for the boys, and you're gonna do it again with Luke Glendening. Leave me alone, Ken Holland. Get out of my room. <laughs> Last thing, last thing I want to say about your notes here, Nolan, in the yes. in the discussion about trades, is that I'm disappointed that nothing happened this week on an Oilers perspective, just because on a pure opportunity cost, like this would have been the week to do it. Um, if there's a 14 day uh, quarantine period for players coming from the states and you're missing six days without a game, that's a pretty fucking good time to make a move and maximize the ability for those players that are coming into you know, um, miss a less games. So that would have been great. Um, but breaking news when I made that note on, I believe Wednesday, the Canadian federal government approved a seven day quarantine for players coming from American teams. Um, as long as there's rapid testing done. So there goes that point. If it's just seven days, I mean, it is what it is, but still it would have been the right time to do it when you're missing six days of, of games. So sad. Ken didn't do anything. Well, and you saw that, and you saw that uh, the Habs made that deal for Eric Stahl, so yeah, so at least he's one off team the market. did. It. I'm not, I'm not too too worried about it because I still think there's a possibility he does make a move because you can see even teams like Toronto, they just they're uh, they're on a crazy big break right now. So Toronto hasn't really made a move. Um, Ottawa hasn't really made a move. Uh, Calgary hasn't made a move. Vancouver hasn't made a move. And despite Vancouver apparently thinking they're still in the hunt. Which, oh my god, like... The look uh, of disgust on your face is insane. Like, Jim Benning, like, Jim Benning must be, like, on PCP or something if he thinks that he's making the playoffs. Um, Did you hear, well, I know you heard, this is a question for the people listening, did you hear uh, Taylor Hall's interview in Buffalo about asking if he would, if he's willing to get traded? Oh, you bet I did. (laughs) The, he just answers the question with, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And then they kind of the guy asking the question <laughs> just kind of sits there. He's like waiting for him to expand on it. And Taylor Hall just kind of staring at the at the camera like, that's it. That's, that's the Dude, tweet. The look on his face, too. He looks just broken. Like he's got like the scars all over his chin and shit. He just he looks like a beaten, broken man right he now. He only listens to Juice World. He is depressed. Oh, I'm 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 so sorry, Taylor. Come back, please. It's almost easy. <laughs> Did you have anything else you wanted to say, Nolan? No, I mean it was a pretty it was overall a pretty quiet week. I'm uh, I was, you know what I will say though is despite the fact that they lost in overtime and they did blow a three-one lead, they played a hell of a lot better against the Leafs than they did in those previous three games against them. So I am proud of the boys for playing that well. The lads. The fellas. Time out. Sounds good. He's fucking Millie rocking to it. So, uh, this is, I'm very excited, Nolan. This is the part of the episode where we are finally getting uh, our third interview done here. 
and and probably one of the most highly requested interviews, I would say at that, especially after last week's episode, um, being having his name dragged through the mud for ten minutes on the pod and countless other times. Dude, my name was dragged through the mud. Both both of you guys. So you're finally going to be able to have a chance to hash it out, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We are proud to be joined today by Flames fan Kyle. Kyle, how's it going? Oh. Yeah, we got we got to get a couple of those too. Ready, Nolan? One, two, three. I oh, I yeah. was quick on the draw. That's not the first time. I uh, FYI, I still have one on the go, but I did that for the bit. I like it. Hodge, how's it going, buddy? Good. Um, I thank you guys for having me on. Uh, probably a little dangerous to give me any sort of public platform. I already own and operate two Twitter accounts, and both of those are progressively getting out of hand so uh this isn't gonna help any uh is so is one of them like uh like a sort of um uh outgoing burner or is it like a or is it like a quiet sort of introverted burner (laughs) uh one of them my parents follow and the other i tweet about liam neeson pissing his pants so dude hell yeah (laughs) kyle's burn kyle's burner is incredible um sometimes i'll look at po like i'll there'll be, there'll be content and i'll see i won't name it because i don't want to get them canceled but i'll click on it and i'll be like i'll just send them the tweet and be like holy shit i want to like this but i want no trace of this on my actual twitter <laughs> but it's t- it's t- it's one of my it's one of my favorite burners that i follow uh do uh kyle have you watched uh have you watched the uh, one of the top grossing films of the year 2020 because there was a pandemic called Honest Thief. I, no, I uh, un- unfortunately <laughs> took the option on that one along with The Marksman. What was the one with uh, uh, Kevin Costner? There was like a Kevin Costner one that was like promoted a lot no on TV. No Way Out? I actually yes, did go No Way Out. S- I did go and see that because they filmed that in Alberta. Uh, Dude, oh, so. hell yeah. Shout out! Shout out to the Didsbury area. Um, definitely some much needed economic boost from the cost and <laughs> Diane Lane being there. But um, um, th- those other Liam Neeson movies, those will definitely fall under the category of movies that don't exist. Like they came out, <laughs> but they're just they don't exist. Dude, dude, that that and like the War with Grandpa from like 2020 are like the movies that just didn't happen. Those at, like those were not a thing. Yeah, that. That movie definitely needs to not exist. Speaking of movies we're excited about, who's going to be watching uh, Bob Odenkirk in Nobody? I actually went to that on Friday. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to it next Friday. Uh, A a little not spoilery plot point to Nobody, but that one was actually filmed in Winnipeg, and there's... There, there's a cl- there's a club in there that I definite that they use as a filming location that I've definitely had bottle service at before and it took me out of the movie. <laughs> Dude, how is Saul, how is Saul Goodman John Wick like? Talk talk about um talk about range for a second here. Yeah, it works. I didn't think it was going to, but uh, I I had fun. Yep. I had a couple beers and a shot of Jameson before I went in there, uh, and that that's the perfect type of movie to have. Uh, three drinks and just be like nice the whole time he also got really fit for it too that that's the other thing like if you get fit for a flick like you're like you're like you're automatically like you're automatically an action star now Mm -hmm. yeah so i'm i want to see it i was i was 
I asked the question, I posed the question, expecting you guys to be well, fuck you or something like that. But <laughs> that's that's right in my wheelhouse. Like, like, uh, like white guy action movies. Mm -hmm. Basic white guy action movies is something that I quite enjoy. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Same here, brother. I watched Crimson Tide the other night, and it was it was unbelievable. Ooh, we got a yeah, brother. Horns up. So now that yeah, you, now Miles, that you gotta watch Crimson Tide. Okay, I will. Um, no, now that you guys are giving each other the horns and friends, uh, Nolan, why don't you absolutely turn things around and uh, start <laughs> things off with the first point you had in our notes here? Uh, well, Kyle, first off, mm -hmm. why are you the way you are? <laughs> Honestly, every time I try to do something fun or exciting, you make it not that that way i hate so much the things that you choose to be so answer the question why are you the way that you are well for one uh born and raised in calgary uh somehow migrated my way furthermore into hickland canada um living here in regina now the last five years but uh when you grow up in a city with an nhl team with a barn uh, that is shaped like a saddle. And then, uh, as you grow older, you realize that there's crack cocaine beer sold in that barn. It's There's no way that you don't become a fan for that team. It's just, it's, I, I was born, I was born to be a Flames fan. Uh, I was in the building for the 04 Game 6 Cup Final. And that shaped a lot of my personality. Uh <laughs> Not in a good way, um, and he just I, became there's, there was no other there's no other option for me not to be a Flames fan. So uh, we're we're stuck with this. I I uh, I take a I follow lots of sports. I'm sure I'm gonna sneak in uh, another F1 reference here. I kind of got miles in on the drive to survive train, but one of the best pieces of advice I've ever been given is only emotionally care about one team because you just don't have the capacity for all the other ones. Follow the other leagues, but um, really, really only have one team. And unfortunately for me, that one team has uh, has always been the Flames, and it's looking like it always will be, at least until they get moved to Houston. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, we... Uh, um, we are always taking applications, so if you do want to join, it's it, it it's okay. There is, um, there is one person in Kyle's family who has uh, a semblance of class, and that's his mother, who is an Edmonton Oilers fan. So I love to hear that. There is hope for him. Mm -hmm. Um, and 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 also, Kyle, uh, if I must say, if if that was shade that uh, I I did not cheer for a team that was uh, from the city that I was from, I'll let you know. I, I lived in Edmonton for about uh, 10 years combined. So, uh, yeah, take that. Take that, buddy. I don't, I don't think that Got was shade, Nolan. I think, you're look, I think you're just starting to fight. Yep. No. Dude, I'm just like, uh, I'm, I'm just I'm, like really overanalyzing I'm it. I'm like Thanos in the Avengers, man. And all no, I I'm like, start fights. I'm like no, I'm like, I'm like some, <laughs> I'm like some, <laughs> I'm like some basic ass like Twitter account. That's like, oh yeah, I watched the Snyder cut and there's all these themes. There's like all these important themes that were explored in the film, even though it's just a freaking superhero movie i was just gonna say since we're, since we're talking about films um one of the pieces i had kyle prepare before we brought flames fan kyle on the pod was top five movies and i think nolan has top five movies and uh for those that are listening 
Um, Flames fan Kyle, as long as I've known him, has been one of the biggest film critics I know. I like to ask him about films and, and get ideas and recommendations and stuff like that. And conversely, Nolan has always been one of my friends that is like very into films and and being analytical and critical about uh, about them. So this is the first time that Flames fan Kyle and Nolan are able to talk movies. Um, I'm looking forward to sitting back and drinking my Bud Light Wild Cherry Seltzer, no free ads, and taking it all in. So with that question, Kyle, why don't you start us off? Top five movies. Sure. The floor is yours. Sure. Um, I, uh, f- for... Uh, great radio content purposes i am wearing an a24 studios hat as well as a flames blasty jersey so really just representing uh full homer status i've listened to 11 episodes of this one for one show so i i know that's definitely acceptable um but uh yeah i'll, I'll there's a i've got a few i've got a few selections off the board here uh i'm gonna i've been looking for comedies lately I've found, um, and things change a lot uh, in terms of your comedic taste. You grow up, you revisit something. Um, it can often age terribly. Uh, oh, Wayne, it, it does. <laughs> Wayne's World, for me, was a big example of that recently. I remember liking that when I was 14, 15, and the recent rewatch was it was a tough scene. Uh, but uh, my favorite comedy right now going on, we'll, we'll put this in number one. This is no specific order whatsoever. Um, uh, but current current favorite comedies unquestionably pop star never stop never stopping oh the, awesome uh, the lonely island uh, the lonely island joint uh, I, Miles and I actually saw this one together uh, on one of my many rewatches one of the <laughs> theaters here uh, you can bleep that out but uh, no free ads <laughs> they uh, they did a sing they did a sing along screening of that uh, and we. Uh, another one of our friends, we all went and got a couple beers prior to that, and we were the only three people in the theater. Neither Miles or our other friend had seen it before, and I was singing along like a loser to all the songs. But uh, if you've heard Finest Girl or Mona Lisa... Or I was about to sing Mona Lisa, you're an overrated piece of shit. The, the bonus track, Fuck Off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> any of those, you'll understand why. So uh, that, that's kind of my favorite comedy right now. Um, on the flip side of that, I also love a good, a, a good melancholy rainy day with a cup of coffee movie. Um, and, and that, the, the one that sticks out to me the most right now, um, that, that kind of hits the other side of the emotional spectrum, is The, the Last Picture Show. Um, yes. 19, yes. 1971, Peter Bogdanovich featuring one of the hottest actors ever i people don't realize how hot young jeff bridges was dude young jeff bridges rules he yeah great actor but also so hot uh so really has a voice that has a voice that's rich with molasses Mm -hmm. but it's just it's a coming of age movie that isn't happy at all it's kind of a death by a thousand paper cuts but a death by a thousand tiny different heartbreaks in that movie um, whether it's just never leaving your hometown or your local theater closing down, it, it, it hits that. It hits the exact opposite side of the spectrum. It's a gorgeous movie, shot in, shot in black and white. So it's, it's my only Homer black and white uh, photo or film picked picked for this list. Um, I really also 
Um, for my third pick, I, I wanted to pick an animated movie. Uh, I really haven't explored or started exploring a lot of outside the IMDb top 250 movies uh, until the last four or five years or so uh, that I really got accustomed and comfortable really breaking outside of my comfort zone. Um, but with the exception being animated movies, uh, my parents did a really good job exposing me to a ton of different types of animated movies as a kid. Um, so I, I've, I've, it's something, it's a genre that I've watched the most of, or not a genre, animation isn't a genre, um, but it, it's a, the style of filmmaking that I've watched the most of and will always appreciate. And uh, I think my favorite animated movie is Fantastic Mr. Fox. There's something about a, a, Great pick. a stop. There's something about a stop motion that is so difficult to pull off, and uh, it, it's gorgeous. It's one of the most beautiful movies that I've ever seen. Yeah, and it's I a Wes also, Anderson flick, man. It's, absolutely, that's, yeah. That's his thing. But uh, it's also a heist movie, and my, if I had to th pick my three favorite genres of movies, um, really, really specific genres that don't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, it's dudes rock, it is people being good at their jobs, and it's horny. The, those three movies are, or those three specific not real genres are my favorite genres of movies, and uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox is just people being good at their jobs. Uh, so that, that checks so many boxes for me. Um, then firing off my last two picks here, I've got Almost Famous, uh, the 2000 Cameron Crowe movie. Um, I, Kate Hudson in that, if we're talking about hot Jeff Bridges, then we also have to give a shout out to hot Kate Hudson in that movie, but, Isn't she like um, 18 and yeah, she's like, she's super young in it. She's like 18 or 19 or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I don't know if it's okay if I say that now, but, uh, when I watched that at 16, <laughs> it was a huge, huge cinematic crush. Everyone has them. Uh, I'm, I don't know if you guys had or will address the Lola, the Lola rabbit, uh, controversy. Oh, no. but, uh, uh, I'm, that's not me. That's not up my alley. But every everyone has the weird ones. Um, but almost famous. Uh, I watched that right at the age as the main character is in that movie for the first time, and it was it was the first time where I really related to someone on screen because growing up as a preteen lad, um, I was I was old enough to see the prequel like the Star Wars prequels in theaters. So that's your exposure as like a young boy growing up is like shit like Star Wars and Indiana Jones and uh, the start of the Marvel movies. Um so you don't really ever see yourself. Um No, it's it, it's true. So it's absolutely true. Al almost Famous was a really big whoa uh moment for me. Um and uh the, the scene on the bus where they're singing Tiny Dancer uh, will always will always choke me up. Gets the heartstrings. Yeah, absolutely. And then my last pick is probably a kind of cheating, but I'm going to do it anyways. Uh, my favorite piece of media, music, movies, podcasts, sorry guys, um, <laughs> anything is Twin Peaks. And so my, my final pick is going to be the movie that is a part of the Twin Peaks uh franchise which is uh twin peaks firewalk with me um i do love some david lynch so I, david yeah. lynch is my favorite director as well um and uh it just it fits in perfectly uh it's 
so unique in so many ways, but I think one of the most impressive things that that show does, especially uh, the first the um, the first two seasons and then the movie that came out, is that it's really one of the only like murder mystery um, pieces of media that I've ever seen that actually does a good job in making it about the victim and not the killer and the hunt for the killer or the people catching the killer. Like everything, everything in that series is because of Laura Palmer and the movie. Uh, does just continues to do her uh, really really excellent justice, uh, which you you don't often find for um, for characters like that. So there's my top five. That is some of the most engaging film talk I've had in a very uh, in probably probably like a good year and a half or so. Like I so I have to give you props because so many people come in with like the and like i'm probably going to give a bunch of cliched answers right now um i probably also won't go too in depth into it just for sake of time as well um but uh i i like i i love the i love the variety and i i just love how uh i i, I love that films can hit people in so many different ways and it, it doesn't matter whether or not it fits into a certain genre i love the picks um, if I'm going to talk about the top five, I probably, like, like I said, I probably have a pretty like normie list if I'm being completely honest. Um, I'm, I'm also just like, I, I, I'm just a big fan of watching directors cook and doing what they do best. Uh, so if I'm going to probably pick a favorite film. So for the longest time, uh, I would say probably my favorite film uh, and it sounds so normy with probably Pulp Fiction just because it's the one I've seen I've seen the most um, I'm pretty sure I saw Pulp Fiction for the first time when I was about 10 years old and it like blew my mind and That's young. It, very very I, I, I had some really nice parents but it, yeah it was weird I, w- I was allowed to watch Pulp Fiction at 10 years old but my mom held me off from watching The Simpsons until I was like 13 so I, I, I don't get it but um uh, now it's actually n- not my number one anymore. It's probably more in that sort of three, four, five range. Um, the first one I, I really want to talk about is Godfather Part Two. Um, I recently did a I recently did a run through of the Godfather trilogy, and when I go through and watch them all, I t- tend to just continuously talk about them and annoy the shit out of everybody else because I want people to know just how good the Godfather trilogy is. Because most people will say. Like if somebody's trying to come off as like like a film person, they'll typically say that they've that they've seen The Godfather, but they've never actually watched it, so they don't know like the intricacies of what makes it such a great film. And it's in addition to the performances, it's also I mean if we're talking about the first one, like the troubled production is one of the is one of the coolest uh, one of the coolest aspects of it, and I think they're actually doing a, either a series or a movie based on it i i can't remember yeah exactly. they're, they're doing a they're doing a making of movie shout out to francis yeah. ford coppola uh who apparently never just had an easy shoot um shout out to Apocalypse i love it now as well such a good movie tough uh, uh have you seen heart of darkness <laughs> it's a documentary about the making of that movie and that was i've i've actually been meaning to watch it i have it like i have it in my q zone in order to watch but uh, <laughs> i'm I, i'm uh, yeah I, I i i love francis ford coppola but uh, a big reason of why i love godfather part two so much is i think it to to be completely honest i think it has the greatest performance ever in a motion picture of all time and it's al pacino in godfather part two 
Um, it's a shame he did not win the Oscar for it because it's, I, I think it's, while it's a complicated performance, it's also incredibly menacing, um, problematic scene, but you can go to, um, the scene with Kay, whoever has, whoever hasn't seen Godfather part two, just see the, the Kay pregnancy scene. It's a, it's a tough watch, but it's incredible. Um, after that, I've got, uh, probably my only like off the wall one a little bit. Um, cause some people might say recency bias, but like, I, I, I love whiplash so much, uh, big Damien Chazelle guy. I've haven't, I wasn't too impressed with first man. I, I enjoyed it, but whiplash just whiplash gets to me and it also just gets to me me being a drummer myself uh and and the length somebody will go to for their craft um it's 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 incredible and another another one of those all-time performances jk simmons is a freaking maniac in that movie um then i'm like i unfortunately i did a really bad job of preparing for this uh so i'm gonna rattle off another uh, another few uh i actually just watched i rewatched nightcrawler again today nightcrawler's so good jake gyllenhaal rules he's such a little creep and i love riz ahmed in it um if you haven't seen nightcrawler please give it a watch miles if you haven't seen nightcrawler watch nightcrawler i'm it's pulling really for i'm pulling for riz ahmed to pick up his first uh golden statue this year here for uh sound of metal dude hell, hell yeah I, I i love him um, if I'm also, if I'm going to talk about Tarantino, um, I'm going to also talk about, uh, you mentioned one of your favorite genres is dudes rock. And I love once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh, um, perfect. Dudes yeah. rock. Perfect. Dudes it, rock it's, selection. it's the perfect dudes rock movie. Um, another one that if probably a hot take, but I think that's personally the best Leo performance that he's ever given. Mm-hmm. It's 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 another one that's filled with nuance. I was trying to explain it to someone yesterday, the scene of him in the trailer and going through, you know, drinking too eight, many goddamn whiskey, goddamn sours. whiskey sours. Yeah, <laughs> and it's 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 just incredible. Um, if we're gonna if we're gonna jump into uh, uh, if if we're gonna jump into a couple different genres, um, also really love Blade Runner twenty forty nine. That's a that's a that's another banger. I I made my I made my girlfriend go see that with me. I've mentioned Taylor on the podcast many times. Taylor, I love you. Thank you for coming to see Blade Runner twenty forty nine with me. Abs, she absolutely hated every minute of it, <laughs> but <laughs> but just a on a it's just a technical grand slam. It's uh, shot by Roger Deakins, obviously, um, a complete madman behind uh, uh, you know behind the camera and just everything you want in a technical. Um, in a technical achievement, it's just it's every, it's every everything you can want and more. Canadian director, and yes, yes, Denis Villeneuve. Uh, and then if we're gonna talk about, uh, I, don't know, I need to think of one more. Um, you know what? Since uh, since since you're wearing an A twenty four hat, let's end on an A twenty four film. I freaking it, people don't like it as much as me. I you probably do though. Um, Hereditary. I I love Hereditary so much. Uh, once again, probably a bit of a normie pick for a twenty four. But uh, I, I the I've never been like I don't typically get scared during movies. Um, I, I I hate films that rely on jump scares or if they're not used effectively. And what Hereditary does is just this consistent sense of dread and this consistent 
tension that you feel the entire time. And then once you get to that climax, I, I, I like, I, I, I don't typically feel scared after films. And that night I went to bed and I was worried that like somebody was going to be up in the corner of my wall because it, that, that's just, um, yeah, I, I love I I love it. I love Ari Aster. I'm excited to see what he does going forward, but that's just five movies. It's probably not the top 5 for me, but it's just five films I love. Those those are all great picks. That's the beauty of uh, talking about stuff like this is that it's all subjective. Um it's it, it it's one thing that I've really been trying to work on, especially talking about it and learning more is and trying to expand my friend's horizons a little bit uh, to some of the weird stuff that I that I watch um, is uh, really really trying to avoid being condescending. I find that a lot of people online yeah, can be. I try to do that too. Yeah, because it's it is every it's so it's so so subjective. And of course, there's technical aspects that go into it that there can be flaws or mistakes on the technical side. Um, Thing, genre tropes or cliches that get leaned upon too much but if you like it it's 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 always interesting to hear why someone likes what they do uh, when they're when they're dissecting art because um it, it it just shows how differently that we all see things and uh and i definitely will still be opinionated enough to not agree uh when i hear some crazy takes uh Oh, Joker, I heard some takes Joker. yesterday. Joker being the best movie of 2019, Green Book winning best picture. Um, but uh, I'm always always happy to talk about it and uh, hear the other side a lot more so than I am hearing uh, hockey from the other side. I will get I will get mad about that. But uh, this is the I'm, I'm this is more, the I'm a lot more even killed with movies. This is the this is the start of the of the uh, spinoff podcast called Film Dads, uh, uh, featuring Kyle and Nolan. Yeah, I'm down. Look what I've done. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we gotta get we, uh, Miles off, off the top of the dome. Top five flicks. Give me some. Okay, best my top five. Um, Schindler's List. Bet you weren't expecting that. Forrest Gump. Like, good pick. Um, Oh, yeah. yeah, pretty good. Step Brothers, yeah. just because of the nostalgia. Dude, um, Step Brothers is still so funny. Yeah. Um, White Chicks, because I watch that movie every day of... <laughs> no, it's got a good story. I watch that movie every day <laughs> of Christmas break with my mom when I was, like, 14. So that movie has a special place in my heart. And I would be remiss if I didn't include How I Met Your Mother, because I've seen this the entire series, like, eight times. So, so it's basically a long movie for you? Essentially, yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love the picks. Good job. Uh, white chicks, bit problematic, but <laughs> Hev- heavily problematic. But whatever the Wayne's brothers want to do, they're allowed to do. But also, if we're being honest, uh, pre two thousand ten comedy, what isn't problematic, right? It, it need, definitely needs to be looked at through a different lens of pre cancellation. <laughs> Anyways, shall we get to the mailbag? Back to the mailbag. Let's go. First question. Um, is actually for Flame Sun Kyle, which is interesting. Um, and it comes from Svenny G. He asks, How does Flame Sun Kyle feel about the Flame Send series? Hmm. Um, you know what? I think it's uh, it's been a really good opportunity for the organization. One thing that's uh, the Flames have really improved under our uh, pizza, pizza Boy GM, 
Bradley, uh, is that uh, is, is the scouting, and I think I think the Flames have gotten uh, over the course of these extra games against the Sens, they've gotten some awesome opportunities to scout future Flame Brady Kachuk. So uh, they definitely know what they're getting in that player Get eventually. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so uh, I, I I've uh, I'm at an organizational level. I'm I'm fine with this series definitely. Wow. Uh, this question comes from Jackson Mahomes, who just recently fleeced me in a fantasy football trade. I'm not mad about it. Is Leon Dreisaitl the best passer in the league? Brackets, the answer is yes. Um, Nolan, do you want to answer at the same time in harmony? I actually disagree with you, Miles. What? Yeah, I... I don't, okay, Connor is easily the best player in the league. Easily. But the man's out the, there making. He's the. But, he's making no look passes, tape to dude, tape across dude, the slot with, dude, con- dude, with contention. Just, dude, but dude. think about, dude. Think about some of the backhand sauce that Leon sends to Connor. Like, just like I, I'm not. I, I, I'm still saying Connor is the best player in the league because he does everything else. He does everything else to a higher level. Okay, but. It's kind of like LeBron. Is like you're not going to say that LeBron is the best shooter in the league. That's Steph Curry, right? So I'm able to say that Leon is the best passer. And Connor's even said that he thinks that Leon is the best passer in the league. It's actually Patrick Kane. Yeah, I was going to say let's <laughs> let's take a look outside the organization. Uh, I, I'm I'm am telling I I say I say it's I sorry I almost said yikes uh, I say it's Leon Dreisaitl. I I agree with Patrick or with Jackson Mahomes. I almost called him Patrick. Whoopsie Daisy. I think uh, Kane is. I you. I won't. I won't stir this pot from last episode more. But I think Kane is a very worthy contender, <sighs> especially for a guy that hasn't played with a ton of natural shooters. Uh, I wish that Chicago had someone like uh, Panarin that he could finish with. <clears throat> Uh, but uh, <laughs> I also think uh, Nicholas Backstrom is someone that uh, doesn't get a lot of credit, but that man. That Shout man out, has Nick. racked up assists his entire career. Uh, I I would love to see the numbers of how many that he's uh, he's stacked to Ovechkin. But uh, Backstrom's been Backstrom's been incredible. Super um, underrated two way player. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of fucked. We've got three hockey guys here talking about best passers, and no one's gonna say Sidney Crosby. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, I. Th- that's a miss probably our, a bit of a probably a bit of an insult on our part. Yeah, um, Sidney Crosby's the best passer in the NHL, in my opinion. Even though you initially wrote the best passer in the league is Connor McDavid. Am I not allowed to change my mind? Am I not allowed to see <laughs> okay. the air of my ways, Nolan? Am... Okay, Steven Crowder, calm down. Oh. <laughs> Where's the beef? Uh, this question is submitted from Mr. Bo. Who is your least favorite oiler of all time? Oh, fuck, man. So <laughs> Kyle, to choose from. Kyle, Kyle can, can chime in on this one as well, being a Flames fan. We'll let him stew on it. Uh, I'll take the lead here. Least favorite oiler of all time for me is Justin Schultz. Um, there's so many to choose from. I, I mean, if <laughs> we... <laughs> We could go with player or we could go with coach because uh, coach is easily Dallas Eakins. Like, the, the question says player. Oh, sorry. Least favorite oiler. oiler of all time. Okay. Yeah. Fuck. Sorry, Nolan. <laughs> that is your fine, real name. I'll go with, uh, fine, I'll go with player. Uh, Lori Korpakoski. 
I was so excited when he became an oiler and he fucking sucks. <laughs> like so bad. Wasn't he a flame too? Yeah. yeah. Was he? Yeah. Yeah. Not a not a very good player. Ugh. Um Yikes. There as a Flames fan, we've gone through a lot of different eras of like teams that we've hated the most. Um, so the Oilers were, they probably are that right now, but uh, in recent years, it was actually the Ducks, and then it was the Canucks, and then going back to the Oilers era of my youth. So I'm just going to throw a complete out of the blue shot at Fernando Pisani because he just he just oh, he represents the hero he represents the era of the Oilers that I grew up just hating. So that's, have a have a shot Mr. Mr. Pisani. That's Fernando. That's like the he gets like the Villy Leno uh, uh uh a guy who made a career off of a really good playoff run. Yeah. To to be fair, I think most of uh, my Flames colleagues from that era would probably <laughs> pick Ryan. Would probably pick Ryan Smith. Uh, but I have nothing but respect for that dump truck ass. So. <laughs> <laughs> and and the schnoz on him is like the size of my freaking uh, monitor in front of me. And the lettuce. We cannot forget the lettuce. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, a yeah, mullet daddy. Yeah. Um, uh, FYI, Kyle, I don't know if you knew this. I don't know if I've actually brought this up on an episode, but uh, one time asked a question to ask an oiler with Ryan Smith. What'd you ask? You can look it up on YouTube. What was the question? Big flex. Uh, it was, <laughs> this is really depressing in hindsight. It was when he, <laughs> when he got traded back to the Oilers. And I said, what similarities do you see between this team and the cup, <laughs> the cup front team in 2006? Oh. <laughs> and he's like, he's like the speed off the rush. <laughs> like, oh no, this team got the first overall pick. Oh, you fuck. I'm sorry. Um, this next question comes from baby back Bielik. Uh, tell me about trading for Oliver Ekman Larson. Uh, I'll take the lead on this one. Um, no, I won't tell you about that because we aren't going to trade for him. Um, that is a mutually agreed upon thing. He said last offseason that he didn't want to come to Edmonton. Um, so I don't understand why we would target a guy that A, doesn't want to play here, B, makes way too much money for the numbers that he puts up and is like low-key old. So... No, I think that there's better defensemen that the Oilers could target to bring in. Um, and I think there's better defensemen in the pipeline with higher upside than what Oliver Ekman Larson could step in and do today. Yeah, I think he, um, I, I was actually looking at his stats today just as like a fun, oh my Lord, look at that. Um, he's a guy that typically averages like 23 to 25 minutes a game. This season, he's only averaging like 20 minutes. Like he's getting like only top four like top four minutes and you're making eight million dollars. Chickren's cocking him for ice time. He's also pretty hot too. Both of yeah. them actually. Both of them, yeah, for sure. Um Darnell this, Nur- Sorry, this you, next you, you, one you, is a bit of a tough one. This is a tough one, hey. Darnell nurses eyebrow and why Bob Stoffer is so sweaty on Sportsnet. This question is submitted by Wentz. Um I think the nurse eyebrow thing is a scar, but it looks mean as hell, so I'm not mad about it. As for Bob Stoffer being so sweaty, he is literally just dripping in pure Burger King Roadhouse Whopper grease under the lights of uh, Sportsnet. Um, he looks like he would be damp to touch. Like He looks like he needs to be toweled off after the oh. interview because he's just absolutely dripping. Why are his eyes always so fucking closed? 
Like I, I, I don't know, man. I think he must be like the the lights just must just be too way too bright because he's typically <laughs> in a radio booth and he's like not to. He's like, oh, I gotta be on camera now. Oh no. He, he emerges from somewhere at uh, at Rogers with like three hot dogs <laughs> and, a, and a diet coke. <laughs> I can't um, imagine what he smells like, man. He looks wet. Like he looks like he just finished swimming. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm not. I'm not sure about Bob Stoffer. He's just, uh, yeah. It, it's 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 tough to look at. I mean, you can just <laughs> like all you have to do is like watch an intermission and then just and then just like like Twitter search Bob Stoffer and you'll see all the different roasts. Um, if we're talking about the same thing with Darnell Nurse, I think I've actually brought this up to you. Um, I don't like if we're talking about like, are we talking about like where like his skin gets lighter? Yeah, I'm assuming that's probably where he's talking about. Um, I don't know this for sure, and this is like definitely a lot of speculation. I don't think he has a scar. I think he might have like the the like pigmentation sort of like disease or whatever um because i i looked at his um i looked at all of his instagram pictures it was kind of weird actually i spent like a good hour looking at darnell nurse's instagram and just kind of like looked at the progression and like it's gotten more and more significant over the years and so i wouldn't be surprised if that's what it is um if that's the case like that sucks once again speculation all in all um but yeah i i I think that's probably what it is norris nurse we love you we love you go for it buddy um, do you sign Mike Smith to another one-year deal this offseason? Question submitted by Kung Fu Kenny D. Yes, do it. I I, I mean, if you still want to keep on getting, uh, you know, like no goals on him, that 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 that's fine. Flames fan Kyle. I uh, no, I think you guys should do it. I think it's a great decision. It'll definitely pay off for you guys in the long run. Um, there's definitely no red flags whatsoever. Uh, take this year as a complete rebound um like most goalies they they definitely bounce back at age 38 39 and put another uh two three four great seasons together so sign sign that paper baby six by six for smitty let's go (laughs) oh don't give ken holland any ideas (laughs) no Um, i i say no he's gonna be 39 next year um i think the big thing that we were talking about at the early part of this season is how the Oilers need to improve in the crease. Um, and he's probably going to be the sacrifice with Koski's big anchor of a contract where they're going to need to look outside the organization for help. And I don't think there's going to be room for Smith because he's going to want to play. And I think we're going to be bringing in one of the Columbus guys, knock on wood. So we'll see what happens there. But I say no, um, no more Mike Smith. Uh, capture all the magic this year. Yeah, if Skinner has a really good year, I could see Skinner. If like if Skinner finishes off his like AHL year um, on a bit of a hot streak, I could see him being involved for that backup role. Um, I think they're I think they'll be able to figure out a way to move Koskinen because he'll be an expiring contract next year. Which thank the Lord. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't see him being brought back. And if um, knock on wood, um, the the prophecy comes true that we've spoke of that we spoke about on a previous episode. Um, and if they, let's say they do win the cup this year, I think he would retire and he would, he would, he would ride off into the sunset. So hundred percent love what he's doing this year. Go Mike Smith. 
This next question comes from Floorpie Alex, who is a keyboard warrior and submitted three. Love you, bud. Um, expansion draft. That was all he said. So I don't really know what uh, if that's a question or if that's more of a statement. But this is what I came up with, uh, Floorpie Alex. Um, Sports Illustrated came out with a roster in late 2020, kind of what they're expecting every team to give up or leave uh, protected and and whom they're going to be taking from there so i'll just read you that the the names and then um we'll let flame sign kyle talk about the sacrifice from the flames <laughs> nolan will say something about the oilers and then we'll all kind of make a comment on the roster overall um kevin shattenkirk from the ducks tyler pitlick from arizona former oiler prospect i believe he was a former oiler andre case from boston colin miller from buffalo sam bennett uh, soon to be known as seattle sam from calgary Vincent Trocek from Carolina, I doubt it. Connor Murphy from the Hawks. Tyson Jost from the Avs. Gabriel Carlson from the Blue Jackets. Anton Hudobin from the Stars. Troy Stetcher from the Wings. Zachary Cassian from the Oilers. Raphael Gudis from the Panthers. Martin Frick Radko. The, is it Radko? It's Radko. It'd be Whatever. sick if it was Raphael. Raphael, his name is Raphael Gudis. Martin Frick from the uh, Kings. <laughs> Carson Soucy from the Wild, a naughty Nordic, Arturi Lenikonen from the Habs. <laughs> Arturi Lekkonen. Arturi. Uh, Cal Jancock. Oh my God, it's Callie Yarncrook. <laughs> Miles Wood from the Devils, Nick Letty from the Islanders, Brandon Lemieux from the Rangers traded. Interesting. Yeah, he just, yeah, he just got traded to the Kings yesterday. Um, Chris Tierney from the Sens, Shane Gossesbear from the Flyers, uh, Zach Aston Reese from the Pens, Dylan Gramble from the Sharks, Huso from the Blues, Tyler it's Gambrel, John. By the way, ah oh, fuck, I don't. I, I, do I look like I give a fuck? Uh, <laughs> Tyler Johnson from Tampa, Justin Hall from the Leafs, Braden Holpe from the Canucks, T.J. Oshie from the Caps, and Sammy Niku from the Jets, aka Flo Sidon, some of the best hair in the NHL. So aside from butchering some names of uh, Nordic folk, uh, what do you think they're Nolan, you take the lead. Uh, yeah, there's no way they're taking the Zach Cassian contract. Absolutely no way. Uh, unless Ken Holland is paying them like a first round pick to take him. Uh, yeah, I, 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 it's I'm realistically going to refer to it as <laughs> it's realistically going to be a D man. Yeah, it's probably, I would, I'd suspect it's probably going to be Caleb Jones. If they could convince them to take Chris Russell, then hooray. But I, uh, I think it's probably going to end up being Caleb Jones. Flames fan Kyle, what do you think about Seattle Sam? These, these things are a bit like mock drafts in which they're a complete waste of time until about a week before <laughs> these things happen. But um, I don't know. It really depends on what the Flames decide to sell at the deadline. Uh, Seattle Sam does seem like a destiny. He's been called that within the Flames Twitter community for well over a year and a half now. Um, but uh, there, there are definitely player changes coming to the flames uh this it's the it's the exact same leadership group that won that series against the canucks that the mike michael furlan basically single-handedly won them the series we have the exact same leadership group uh and everything else has changed we've gone through multiple coaches our owner died uh like it, it the last thing to change now is the players and uh so there there's big changes coming whether that comes during the off season or at the trade deadline 
I don't know. If Sam Bennett is still around, he seems like the obvious pick based on how our numbers shake out. But uh, sneaky picks to watch for the Flames. Uh, I could see Michael Backlund or uh, Gio uh, getting, get, at least being uh, unprotected. So we'll, who's to say? We'll see uh, when, when that rolls around. Second question from Floor Pie Alex. Worst contracts in the North Division. Uh, I'll give you my three. Nolan will give you his. And then Kyle will clap back and we'll go onward and upward, hopefully as, hopefully as friends. Uh, my first pick, Carey Price at a $10.5 million cap hit until 2026. Ah! Fucking yikes, that's a tough contract. Uh, Lucic at $6 million until 2022 sucks as well. But not to be outdone is Tyler Myers, also known as Tyler Miners, making $6 million <laughs> until 2024 with a no-trade clause. Just because you're tall doesn't mean you're good at hockey. Tyler Myers is proof of that. Those are my three worst contracts in the North. Uh, honest, honestly, I had it written and I took it off was Mitch Marner at 10.9. The only reason I took him off is because he's got like 42 points this year, but I fucking hate Mitch Marner. I will go on the record as saying I hate Mitch Marner. And if anybody wants to come on here and defend him, um, we'll book you in for a zoom. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I, uh, I'm not going to bring it up as one of my worst, but, uh, I I think I've mentioned it already. I think the John Tavares contract is going to be really bad because I think we're starting to see the decline of John Tavares. I know he's just scored on the Oilers, so frig off. But um, but no, like I, I've said this before. If you are making eleven million dollars, you it's unacceptable to be under a point per game. Absolutely unacceptable. Sorry, like that's just like that's superstar money. Like you have to you have to be on your A game. So yeah, that's. That's it. Um, I, I picked one that I think could be low-key bad. I'm not saying it's going to be bad, but it could be low-key bad. Sorry, Kyle. Rasmus Anderson. $4.55 million until 2026. Him and Gio are, 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 are... Underlying numbers are one of the worst D pairings in the league. Um, uh, 42.1, uh, 42.1, uh, expected goals percentage, and they are third worst in expected, in expected goals against. So, um, this could be more of a tale of Mark Giordano, but, um, I've also not liked what I've seen from Rasmus Anderson, just from the games I've seen him play against the Oilers. So I'm just saying it, it, it could be bad. I could I could easily end up seeing this as like a Nikita Zaitsev thing where it's like he shows you a lot of promise in the first bit and then you're like, uh, okay, are you going to kind of get it together? So hopefully next season he's not with Mark Giordano, but I, I, I'm not huge on that contract right now. Um, and then uh, Shea Weber at 7.8 until the end of time. It's funny. <laughs> if you look on Cap Friendly at, like, at, at contracts, you'll kind of see like, the like you'll see like the numbers and then you'll see UFA at and then you like you'll see like UFA at the end of it. Shea Weber's he signed his contract in 2012 and it still does not say UFA. He's literally signed until like 2026 or 2027. Oh my like, god! A a absolutely rancid deal, um, and he is already starting to fall off big time. And then. Another one that, that, that could be really bad um, in a couple of years. I'm happy he's playing well now, but when he, when he signed this contract, I was, um, I was apoplectic, if that's, a, if that's the proper – if that was the proper term to use. Um, Josh Anderson, I think, could end up being very, very, very bad. Uh, big, big power forward, um, injury troubles – 
could easily see it not working out for the Habs in a couple of years. But uh, nonetheless, those are my picks for potentially bad contracts. I didn't. I don't want to go too obvious. I wanted to change it up a bit. I'm gonna. I'm gonna defend my king Rasmus here a little <laughs> bit before I get into mine. He's still 24 years old. Uh, so having. I having know. A potential I'm, I'm not saying it's a for sure out. thing. I'm just saying it's mm. a possibility. Mm-mm. Uh, <laughs> Mm-mm. <laughs> mm, don't think so. Uh, I. We love Rasmus Anderson in this house, and we'll accept no no slander. Uh, the house being my. Uh, very warped brain. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, I think some of the worst contracts right now, um, I don't think we should ever let GMs off the hooks for bad free agency signings. So I wanted to take a look at a couple of the ones that aren't playing for teams anymore. Because, yeah, the Lucic contract is terrible. Thank you guys for that as well. Great work by the Oilers organization. Um, but uh, so a couple buyouts that... Uh, or one buyout to highlight and i again i'll criticize the flames i'm not i won't be a homer uh the flames are playing troy brower right now one and a half mil off the cap not only this year but also next year uh so that that was one of uh pizza boy's worst worst contracts uh up up there with the neil swing and a miss um uh, I would also love, love to highlight that the Vancouver Canucks are paying Roberto Luongo $3 million off of their uh, cap this year and next year as well. Shout out to that contract that they the signed. The recapture to. penalty, baby. The, I love that it. That recapture penalty. Um, so uh, if, if we're keeping track, the Canucks have $15 million, uh, set aside for uh, Roberto Luongo, Tyler Myers, and Louis Erickson. That's 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 a sick fifteen million dollars. So uh, have you ah! on, on a side note, have you seen the cap recapture numbers on Shea Weber if he oh, retires? It's stinky. It's awful. I wanna say if he were I wanna say if he retires like two years early, I think I wanna say like his cap hit is like fourteen million dollars for one year. It's like something stupid like that. Oh, you would, you would and at that point you're gonna have to be to paying that. Cole Caulfield. <laughs> Oh, you would just truly, truly things you'd hate to see. So, Floor Pie Alex, uh, sorry for your team's decisions because they're not good. And then, uh, uh, my last one here, uh, I want to bring a little F1 uh, talk, uh, a little comparable in uh, before I get into this. So, with Mercedes, the dominant team over the past couple of years, it's been Lewis Hamilton's show, but there's two drivers on each team. And the second driver is the uh, probably the world's most uh, well-paid uh, professional cuck. Uh, his name is Valtteri Bottas. Uh, he drives the same car as Lewis, but just consistently is disrespected by his team uh, in their strategies, by the media. Um, and it, it's sad for him. It's, it, it's really hard for me to see uh, th- this professional just have be stuck his whole career being a cuck. And honestly, I think that's what the Oilers have done with uh, Leon Dreisaitl's contract. They're paying him so much less than McDavid that it truly shows uh, what the Oilers' priorities are and that they're entirely with McDavid and that uh, they don't respect Dreisaitl as a 1A, 1B. He's clearly the number two driver there. He's the Valtteri Bottas of the Oilers organization. And if I were him, I would want to leave to a team like McLaren or Racing Point uh, or Red Bull, a, a team that would actually respect his talents. Um, so that that would be that would be my uh, definitely the most disrespectful contract in the league. 
Worth worth noting that uh, Valtteri got third today in the race and uh, won fastest lap. So if we're comparing Valtteri and Leon as 1A, 1B, um, worked out okay. Also worth noting, uh, thank thank the thank heavens that the Oilers drafted Leon Dreisaitl ahead of Sam Bennett. So uh, <laughs> take that for what it's worth. Hey, that is the Flames' highest draft pick. He's he's forever a record holder. Uh, Seattle, Sam, Seattle, Seattle, Seattle Sam set two records. Um, that yeah, exactly that summer uh, by not being able to do a single pull up, and then also being the Flames' highest ever draft pick at number four. So very cool, Seattle Sam. We love it. Uh, I think this is the last one in the mailbag, and I think this is a good one to end on. It'll be a good little bit of bullshitting back and forth. Um, last one from Floor Pie. Alex, explain everyone's nickname from the Palooza. Now, everyone's nickname, that's like 40 people. I don't think we have time for that. So I will let Nolan pick three or four, and I will let Kyle pick three or four. Kyle, I have a list here for you. Um, I've got a. We gotta wrap pretty quickly here because I'm. Uh, we'll be v running quick. out of time. We'll be v quick. Mm, are, are we? Are we picking favorites or just or explaining a couple? Explaining a couple. So any ones that you're curious <sighs> about. Mm. Well, for one, I'd like to know um, uh, Puka Shells. Oh, okay, so without giving this like identifying this person. His last name is Celeste, which made me think of Shells. So, uh, Matt Puka Shells, naturally. Makes sense. <laughs> makes sense. Because Puka Shells are the dopest addition to any uh, person's accessory catalog. So, it has to be, has to be Puka Shells. What's, uh, what's Steak and Bacon? Oh, so <laughs> Steak and Bacon, shout out to Chris. Uh, his family used to own a Mr. Sub. And his go-to order, I'm not kidding... He ate it probably every day in high school. Was a steak and bacon sub, no vegetables, no sauce, just meat, meat and bread. Uh, let's go. Um, okay, well, we'll we'll shout out someone that we'll shout out someone that I know, and she'll definitely want to hear. Uh, actually, no, we won't shout out her. We'll shout out uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Pazzo. Um, what his last name is uh, Pazabun, right? Pazabon, yeah. Pazabon. So I just went Pazo. I think that's funny. I think it's Italian. I think we made his. I think we made Kyle and I made our uh, penne al vodka that weekend. So I was like big on the Sopranos, and that last name very just good struck show. me as Italian. So I had I had to do it. Had to do it. Uh, is Pastor Dave an actual pastor? Because you guys definitely have said some things that would not be looked fondly <laughs> upon in the Lord's light. <laughs> No, he's not an actual pastor. A guy that I did youth parliament with, absolute beauty, big Oilers fan. Shout out Pastor Dave. That's his handle on like everything because of that 70s show. The pastor is Pastor Dave and his name is David, so he's kind of rolled with it and I that is literally just what I know him as. Speaking of which, Miles, are you going to buy the Satan shoes from Lil Nas X? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Uh, what? I don't even. Do you see what? that? Oh, um, oh, it's a music video to watch tonight. Yeah. No. Uh, no. I'm. I'm not joking. Lil Nas X is like releasing shoes with Nike. I think they're called like Satan shoes or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they're. Um, it's made with like ink and one drop of human blood, and they're like releasing like 666 uh, uh, pairs. In in his most recent music video, he gives Satan a lap dance. So yeah. okay. So my my internet stupidity today was entirely immersed in White Boy Summer from uh, 
Tom Hanks' stupid adult Chet. rapping son, Chet. So, yeah, Chet I, I, I don't have time for, for anything else after, on a side after note, White Boy Summer. On a side note, Trevor Lawrence, are... actually, uh, Trevor Lawrence actually chimed in on the Satan shoes. And he's like, and he's like, where do we draw the line? SMH. <laughs> Shout out to Trevor hey, I'll Lawrence. Give, I'll give you guys each one more and then we'll wrap up. Okay. Uh, to make who, it count. Who, who, whose turn is it? Uh, I think it's uh, Nolan, I believe. Okay. Uh, let's go with, uh, let's go with, let's go with Ramus Winston. Uh, so my buddy, Ramey. Um, I call him Ramus Winston instead of Jameis Winston, so <laughs> that's where that's where that one came from. His last name isn't even close to Winston. He's just, so he's just throwing pick sixes every day. He's eating dubs every day. Um, I, this isn't so much a clarification on the name, but can we get Asan the auditor to come in and check that uh, you're actually <laughs> doing these correctly? Because uh, you sitting in second place has me <laughs> suspect. <laughs> I've been thinking about that for a little while, that uh, Father Pickmas is nearly unbeatable, uh, aside from Tanner. Considering so, he doesn't bet is the part that it concerns me a bit. It's so like I, he doesn't will, bet on hockey, but yet he's Father Pickmas, apparently. Well, stat, proof's in the pudding, stats don't lie. I'll start publishing my picks at the end of every day just so that you can track it at home if you want, but I can verify that those are non-biased those are legit numbers we can get us on the auditor and for for a little bit of help one day just to verify if, if that's what the folks at home need for peace of mind because they can't handle taking l's it's almost is, as fraudulent as the oilers having three first overall picks in six years uh actually four first overall picks in six years uh, <laughs> even better. Uh, um is your uh uh is is your source for your picks uh tim peel because he's uh rigging the games oh nice. that's Good. that that's that's topical. Topical. Miles is lost. Well, uh, well, everyone, thanks again for tuning into One for One. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> but I think that's it. Uh, Want to give a big thanks to Kyle here for joining us. Uh, nice to talk about some movies. Nice to talk about the Flames. Went a lot better than I thought it would. Um, so that not that I had a low bar set for you. Got to talk a little you bit. Of, <laughs> got to talk a little <laughs> F one. Got to hang out on a nice Sunday. And got to see two of my buddies become buddies. So that's always something nice that I appreciate. Go McLaren. Uh, next race is April 16th through the 18th. We're back <laughs> in Italy. Uh, and, uh, yeah, thanks, thanks you guys again for having me on. Yeah, thank you very much for coming on, Kyle. Um, just, uh, yeah, just a, just, a, just a wonderful treat of a nice Sunday. Um, on a side note, wanted to mention, got three games this week. We've got the Leafs on the 29th. We've got the Flames on the 2nd. Go, Oilers, go. And uh, we've got the Canucks on the 3rd. So coming into April, we're coming a little hot. Um, let's let's eat these next three dubs. Let's, let, let's eat them. Um, three, I'm three gonna, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go full-blown miles. 3-0. Let's go. We're both going 3-0. Lock it in. Smells like 1-2 and two to me. Oh, fuck this guy. Take your fucking shade and get the hell out of here. Canucks and Leafs are going to be the two wins. <laughs> well, again, thanks everybody for tuning in to the 12th episode of One for One. We appreciate each and every one of you. If you haven't already, check us out on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, thanks for following along. Don't forget to subscribe to the pod or leave a review if you haven't already. Nolan, I'll send it off. As always. 
Go Oilers, go. Go Oilers, go.